Oh, man, this is really living. What's up, everybody? It's Sunday, March 21st, and we're at Cabela's. Cabela's. The way you say it is Cabela's. Cabela's. We tried to go to Centralia, PA, to see the graffiti highway. It was completely covered over, which was very disappointing. And then we took a visit to the bed and breakfast that we had our uh, honeymoon, and it's closed down, and it looked vacant. I don't know if it's still there. That's in Ellisburg or Ellisburg. So on the way back, we stopped at Cabela's to see what all the fuss was about. What? Crazy. That was unexpected. Whoa. What's up, everybody? It's Monday, March 22nd. And it's 1.30 p.m. My kids and wife were off today because they needed to have, their school had to have the fire alarm fixed. It was a safety hazard to have people in the building without the fire alarm working properly. So they got the day off unexpectedly. So we had two days off together. I'm actually going to get my hair cut right now because it's long overdue. And I'm hoping they can do something to hide some of this thinning that's happening up here. We'll see. Oh, I dropped my phone. Sorry. Hope you didn't throw up. Um, quick COVID update. 30,000 people hospitalized, which is very low compared to where we were. Hospitalizations have dropped like 73% or something like that. Deaths um, are down 70% from their peak in January. And after tomorrow, we should be under 1,000 uh, deaths per day on a seven-day average, which is uh, sobering, but also a good trend. Um, and we had only 33,000 cases yesterday, which was um, Sunday, obviously, so it's down. But 33,000 is the fewest cases since September 28th. Um, and things just continue to plummet. The overall positivity rate on COVID tests is 4.2%. Um, so that's good. Uh, people continue to fear monger, however. And if you think about it, the current rate we're testing, last I checked, the average amount of tests per day was one and a half million. Um, so if you figure that, they've said that there could be 3% false positives. If you figure 3% false positive, that's 45,000 cases a day just in false positives. So we're never going to actually get to where we're supposed to be. Fauci saying things like, we shouldn't loosen restrictions until we get under 10,000 new cases per day. That's just asinine because with the amount of tests that we are having, one and a half million, to stay under 10,000 new cases per day, you would need there to be no false positives, hardly at all. And the likelihood of that is low considering that the tests detect dead fragments, detect um, people who've been infected previously. So... What we should we should not be looking at new cases. We should be looking at 
hospital capacity, which we are, and uh, the hospitalizations continue to drop, which is good. Um, and hopefully people will not allow fear-mongering to get us back into a position this coming fall where people start to concern themselves with this again because we're done with it. We have to be done with it. We can't go through another year of this. Um, people need to live, live their lives. And if they're not ready to live their lives, get out of the way so everyone else can. It's funny, everybody I talk to one-on-one is like, yeah, I'm so over this, I'm so done wearing a mask, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, why doesn't everybody just stop then? Everybody is so afraid. They're obviously not afraid of the virus. They're afraid of the of the backlash, which is stupid. People are more afraid of the backlash of not following orders than they are of the virus itself. And why are we fire following these orders? It's obvious that the virus is, um, it does what viruses do. And we are never going to know how many people actually died as a result of the virus because of the percentage of people who would have died in the next 12 months if they had gotten any virus or the flu or anything. Um, which leads to pneumonia and people often die from pneumonia and all that. So, I don't know. It's just sad and frustrating. But, anyways, uh, my son has baseball practice to, today at 4 o'clock, so we'll be going... Even though they had no school, he still has baseball practice, and hopefully he can make the team. Uh, but if not, we'll find other things to do. So, that's all. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, I'm all done. It's a different look. Not how I will style it, most likely, but uh, it's nice. Try to do something different from the hard part, long hair on top, combed over look. And... Uh, to manage because it's pretty short on top. Nice to start fresh and uh, with the warm weather coming. What's up everybody? It's Tuesday, March 23rd. Yes, and it's 12.54 p.m. I'm out driving, dashing. I'm off today and tomorrow for Easter holiday since we're not actually off around Easter. And I uh, just had a, I uh, heard somebody talking about the, um, the percentage of the Spanish flu and the pandemics of our lifetime. I think the Black Plague was 51% of the global population were killed by the Black Plague. The Spanish flu, which was a little over 100 years ago, and the one that's been compared to this one the most for some reason... 2.5% of the global population were killed from the Spanish flu. 2.5%. That's a, that's a good chunk. Do you know how many of the world's population have been killed by COVID? 0.03%. That means that the Spanish flu was 75 times more deadly than COVID. And we did not shut down society for a year. People don't like data. And they don't like information because it doesn't fit narrative. They like narrative. And when you challenge people with data and information, the cognitive dissonance is too great. And they just say, well, I don't care because I know somebody who died. So everything you say about data and likelihood and statistics doesn't matter because I know somebody who died from COVID. Emotions don't 
do well when you're trying to um, come up with policy, health policy that affects millions of lives, hundreds of millions of lives. And I can say, I know people who've lost their businesses, who've been unemployed, who have um, accumulated massive amounts of debt because of the lockdowns. Now, if you have data and science to prove that the lockdowns were not harming people, then I would say, okay, well, I would look at that. But the fact that you can't bring data and science into the conversation proves to you that this has nothing to do with trusting the science. This has nothing to do with truth. It has everything to do with compliance, obedience, and propaganda. What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, March 25th, 9.21 a.m., and I'm heading to Sight and Sound for work. Uh, yeah, going on. Things are going well in the family. Um, typical political uh, sphere. We got the left pushing their agenda regardless of whether the public wants it or not. Biden is way more radical than the media wanted to say. And uh, we heard for the last two years, essentially, that Biden's a moderate. And then he gets in and he's done some of the most progressive things that have ever been done and is considering doing more, like eliminating the filibuster and all this stuff. Meanwhile, um, we continue to see um, the media jump to narratives before facts come out. We now know that the Boulder, Colorado shooting was perpetrated by uh, a Muslim young man who immigrated from Syria. Coincidentally, uh, Joe Biden bombed Syria right after getting into office. And based on the young man's social media, it seems that he was radicalized. Uh, Anti-Trump posts frequently sharing Washington Post articles and NPR articles and um, he, uh, he killed 10, 10 people and they were all white and the media will stay silent on that while they continue to say to the world that white supremacy is the biggest threat to our democracy so if you are watching or listening to a news source that put out that either the Atlanta shootings were racially motivated, which they've since come out and said that there's no reason to believe that, based on the fact that one third of the people who were shot were not Asian, and the shooter said as much that it was motivated because of his uh, illness or perceived sexual addiction, whatever, that was his motivation. And then they came out and said that, of course, this would be a young white man, angry white man. And uh, they jumped and said that that's who killed these 10 people. Well, on the contrary, he was a young Muslim man. And the victims were all white. But we'll, we will never call this an anti-white hate crime. Nor do I think it should be, because we shouldn't be identifying victims and shooters by immutable characteristics. We should be saying this was an evil person who did an evil thing 
and these victims, regardless of skin color, um, should be born and justice should be served for the, in, in their memory. I don't understand why we're so fixated on the race and the color and the ideology of the people committing these crimes. Instead, we're going to use these things to spin a narrative and foster further division and hate. And I heard uh, a senator say, if you want to take away law-abiding citizens' abilities of accessing weapons to protect themselves, that's equivalent to combating drunk driving by making sure that every sober driver isn't allowed to drive. It's essentially the same argument. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting world that we live in because I literally feel like every everything we've, we've been raised to believe is being eroded and attacked. And that can't be good. Because if you look across the world, what other countries are concerning themselves with is serious things. You got China getting aggressive. You got North Korea. You've got all these countries that are positioning in a position of exerting force or strength to further their goals. Meanwhile, you have America attacking itself from within. You have America uh, emasculating our armed forces and demonizing people who are patriots because of whoever they voted for. And what's funny is that the very actions that are being followed through with this current administration proves the point of everyone who voted for Donald Trump. They're doing exactly what we didn't want them to do, which is why we voted for Donald Trump. And they say that we voted for Donald Trump because of X, Y, and Z reasons, because we're racist or homophobic or xenophobic or whatever adjective they want to throw out there because they don't want to actually look at the policies. What they don't realize is that people on the right are very policy-driven. They don't get into the narrative game. They don't get into the morality um, signaling, virtue signaling. They say, stay out of my life. When I say on the right, I'm not talking about the Republican establishment. I'm talking about people who consider themselves conservatives and uphold the Constitution because that's what the country was founded on. We don't want borders to come in, uh, to be open so that the people who are already struggling in low-income communities that came in legally are bearing the brunt of this low-income employment, uh, people getting paid under the table and things like that because they're illegally coming into the country. White liberals don't experience those things, but they're the ones who are pontificating it on their soapbox about these issues, as if they have any should have any say in the matter. It doesn't affect them. The people who we should be listening to are the people it directly affects, the victims of said border policies. People are being trafficked. Drugs are being trafficked. Um, children are being raped and abused 
and we're saying that we're just going to continue to allow it to happen because we want to protect these kids. The way you protect these kids is by not inviting cartels and inviting corrupt people to traffic in the United States without consequence. That's why during Donald Trump's presidency, we saw a crackdown on sex trafficking that we've never seen before in previous administrations. So many people were arrested. So many kids were rescued. And I'm not talking about some conspiracy nonsense. I'm talking about actual things that happened. I know everybody will probably want to say I'm this or that because I'm talking about trafficking or whatever. I'm not saying... I'm not going to get into the political parties involved in trafficking, all those conspiracy theories. But what I am going to say is that unlike any president before him, Donald Trump's administration rescued children out of sex trafficking and, and stopped trafficking rings. It's just statistically, you can look it up in the news. And those are the things that we should be concerned about with the border and all those types of things. Yes, it's frustrating when people come in illegally and it's not fair and all those things, but we need to get better at articulating why we have the policies that we have from a pro standpoint rather than always being on the defense and saying, well, because we want this or because it's bad. Like We need to get better. When I say we, I mean conservatives need to get better at articulating why our policies are the right policies and not just why their policies are the wrong policies, which I feel like is what we do. We, we fight and we scrap and meanwhile, the left is, is orchestrating and motivated and they're holding the line. You don't see very many people on the left breaking ranks to side with Republicans. It's very rare. However, we constantly see Republicans and weak-minded rhinos siding with Democrats because they're afraid of not being accepted in their D.C. life. They're afraid of the backlash. I am so so uh, supportive of people who are willing to take a stand in, amidst the backlash and not back down because they know it's coming. Those are the people that I want to see more of, not people who are willing to kowtow to um, woke culture race baiting everything it's just we're never going to progress as a society if we continue to demonize people for their immutable characteristics and we continue to lump people together now I know I do that I say the people on the left and I lump them all together and that's it's just the the weakness of our language and stuff. So I, I get it that I'm also guilty of that. I'm not trying to say that I'm above that or better than that. But um, I do acknowledge that that is an issue. Um, we need more people. Like, I don't know. Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat, but he's in a red state. So he has to listen to his constituents. He doesn't just get to vote whatever he wants. And there's senators like Kirsten Sinema, again, in a, in a mostly red state. She's a Democrat, but she stands against the people on the left. We need more people who are willing to stand for the people rather than the party. And that's uh, that was a way longer rant than I expected it to be. Howdy do, everybody. It's Friday. 
March 26th. I think that's the right date. And it's 12.54 p.m. I'm heading into work. Got up at 5.30 this morning to meet with uh, two guys from my church, as I have been these last few Fridays. Um, going through the book of John, the Gospel of John. And we're already through the first 12 chapters. We've just been taking four-chapter chunks every week. And uh, it's been cool to talk through things and be reminded of things. And uh, decided not to dash today. Got back home and we got the piano tuned, so the piano tuner came. Um, and I just was like, you know what? I don't need to dash right now. I haven't had time at home for a while. And I already dashed two, two days this week. Made good money those two days on top of what I'm already making for my salary. So I think uh, I deserved a few hours to myself. So I'm heading into work now. It is absolutely un. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> it's the COVID. No, it's not. Um, just got a little tickle. Allergies. My windows are closed right now, and I might be sweating because I'm trying to do this video without a lot of wind noise, but I had the sunroof open, I had the, the windows down, the vent on, it is beautiful out. I would say it's in the mid-70s, I'm just wearing a t-shirt, um, and boy oh boy is it beautiful, and I'm hoping that it will give everybody a taste of what can be in the spring and summer. Really looking forward to the spring and summer this year. I hope other people are as well. I hope people who are so fixated on the virus and the pandemic and stuff will be able to come out of that haze and just enjoy life and not be hidden away in their homes. Um, cases have gone up the last two days. Uh, I'm not concerned. The reason being is I think that testing has been amped up again and the jump is unnatural. So I think it's either historical cases, which they do from time to time, whenever there's a spike out of nowhere. Usually when cases increase, the percentage they jump is exponential. It's There's an arc to it. This was basically, it was declining, declining, and then there was just a big spike. So I'm not looking at that as anything other than States are reopening. People are still getting tested. Um, hospitalizations continue to fall. Deaths are continuing to fall. We had four straight days under 900 deaths, which is exciting. I mean, it's it's sad that people are still dying, um, but the fact that the, the impact of the virus is waning, I think we're going to continue to see cases for a number of reasons. One. The vaccine, quote-unquote, experimental gene therapy doesn't actually block transmission, and they've talked about that, but somehow the public has not allowed that to get through their heads. Uh, so what we're going to see is we're going to see continued cases. That's one reason. We're also uh, going to see continued cases because the testing is going to continue. There's false positives, 3% false positives. At the current rate that we're testing, we're going to have 45,000 cases a day forever. Uh, if there's only just 3% false positives, so you do the math that way. 
there will never become a time when we have zero cases just because of the nature of this virus. Um, people need to come to that realization. Um, hospitalizations, however, if this vaccine is effective, it's supposed to limit people's severe cases. So we should see hospitalizations continue to go down. Therapeutics are much better. People just know how to handle this virus. Deaths hopefully will continue to go down. And um, life will go back to normal if we allow it. If we make it go back to normal. None of this new normal nonsense. I don't buy into that. We lived every year without masks, without social distancing. People died from viruses every year, and we, it's part of living life. And we will not change the way we live our life permanently because of a virus that will become endemic and become seasonal and become part of our normal cold and flu season. We can't change the way we live our life forever. <clears throat> so I'm not going to, and I hope you won't. Um, I got an answer about mail from MailChimp on my newsletter and apparently the reason that I was suspended didn't have to do with the content I was sharing it had to do with so they say the fact that I had signed up people that hadn't opted in which um, is questionable um, I had people that I put, entered manually from them signing up in person at events and things like that, and people that I've communicated back and forth with via email, I added them in. I didn't realize that was not um, allowed. So basically what I have to do is download all my contacts from MailChimp, unsubscribe everybody, and then send out an email with my regular email account asking them to re-opt in if they want to. So that's how I can get it back. And it has nothing to do with the content that I'm sharing, which I guess I'll take their word for it. That didn't even come up. Um, it had more to do with the fact that I had, I guess they had a trigger of people unsubscribing that said they'd never signed up for the list. There's probably a threshold. And then they, I hit that. So that was not my intent. I wasn't trying to spam people. I just figured if I had communicated with you back and forth that uh, this was a way for me to centralize that communication. But apparently I was wrong. So you should be seeing that in your inbox coming from my Desiato Homes at Gmail account. And uh, hopefully you'll opt back in. What's up, everybody? It's Monday, 11.25 a.m. It is March uh, 29th.
financially 
uh, for me to trust this particular vaccine. I am not anti-vax. I am pro-science. I'm pro-safety. I'm pro-freedom so that people can make choices for themselves and not be discriminated discriminated against because of their uh, fear or their desire to maintain a natural lifestyle. So that's where I stand on that thing. Uh, in other news, the flu has disappeared completely. And as I said before, the same people who say that masks and social distancing work against the flu are the ones who are saying that no one is wearing masks or social distancing and that's why COVID is still going strong. So you can't have it both ways. They, they said something like 34 million cases of the flu uh, last year and this year we have 1,800 or some ridiculous uh, change. So you can take that for what it's worth. Um, it's not because everybody's wearing a mask or social distancing because there are a lot of people that aren't. And uh, you can talk to people in Florida about that. Very quickly, I wanted to record this so that I didn't forget it because I thought it was hilarious and I thought you could benefit from it as well. I've already compared the people who complain about people not wearing masks and social distancing are the same people who say that the reason that flu has disappeared is because people are wearing masks and social distancing. Right up that alley, I listen to Scott Adams' podcast, Coffee with Scott Adams. I highly recommend it. He is a intelligent thinker and he looks at things and he plays devil's advocate and he teaches you how to dissect narrative versus facts. It's really, really beneficial. I, I highly recommend it. Um, he saw something online um, and it has to do with people who are uh, gun grabbers, I would call it. They, they laugh at people who say the reason we have the Second Amendment is to protect us from a tyrannical government. That's one of the objections to uh, gun control measures is that the reason that the Second Amendment exists is to protect us not only uh, from harm from other people, but to protect us in the event that the government decides to infringe on our liberties. And people mock that and say, oh, you think your little AR-15 is going to stop a tank in the arm, the largest army in the world? Ha ha, you're so stupid. But the comparison is that those same people think that a guy with Viking horns and bear spray almost overthrew the government on January 6th. So you can't hold both of those views. Uh, that's a little bit of cognitive dissonance, and he's really good at pointing that out and finding examples of that. If you think it's a silly argument that people want high-capacity magazines in order to protect their families from a tyrannical uh, government then it's a silly argument to think that people with bear spray and Viking horns actually were inches away from overthrowing the United States government. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, March 30th, 6.11 p.m. I'm driving home. And I don't know if I brought to your attention the fact that my gear shift button broke on, it was Friday night. Like this now. No, I can't really see it. Yeah, there's no. There you go. See, it's missing. So I have to reach in and do it that way manually. I watched a video online and I bought the parts for 20 bucks. I'm going to do it myself. Aren't I handy? No, it's only when things look simple that I'm willing to do it myself. Um, my son had. His first school baseball game yesterday.
again, I'm going to ask again, sign up for my newsletter, go to subscribe.actingrealtor.com. That's the best way. I was able to get my mailing list back, um, but if you think you've already signed up for notifications about new episodes, I encourage you to double check and sign yourself up. That's the best way that I can stay in touch with all of you, the best way you can hear about it. All right, that's all. I'll talk to you later. What's up, everybody? Happy Good Friday to you. It's April. That's funny. Happy Good Friday. Sounds funny. Uh, April 2nd, 9.22 a.m. I'm heading into work. Uh, we have three shows today. Usually we have three shows on Saturdays, but today we have it on Fridays. So uh, I am going to be staying over at my brother's house, who lives about a half hour from Sight and Sound. Better than an hour drive after a three-show day and then having to be back tomorrow at 9.45 a.m. Um, so I'll be staying over there tonight. Um, the cases of COVID have increased and largely in states that still have mask mandates. And the states that don't have mask mandates, the cases have continued to drop. My reason for believing that is because I think that the states that don't have mask mandates were, uh, had fewer restrictions to begin with, so the virus probably more easily spread. The virus strain that's probably in those states is, is more in line with the original one. Um, I've heard many scientists say that the more forceful you restrict try to squash a respiratory virus, the more quickly it mutates and tries to adapt to survive to get around those restrictions, which is not surprising. Uh, I think that we've done a disservice by thinking that we can stop a respiratory virus in its tracks. It's never happened before and never will happen. Um, but what we have now done is that we've made it mutate we're always going to be playing uh, whack-a-mole with it. Um, but yeah, I find it interesting. The states that had tighter restrictions, they may have had fewer cases um, in the beginning. But now what's happening is that people who would have been infected earlier on are now getting infected because there's nobody left. They're running out of people. states that have been more open, they have reached uh, a level of herd immunity, not full herd immunity, but they're running out of people for it to infect, uh, so their numbers are going down, whereas, uh, sorry, I misspoke, the, the more restrictive states, there are still many people who haven't had the virus, so the virus is finding them. That's making cases rise in those states. Um, but what I find interesting is the places where the virus has wreaked havoc, like California, Texas, and even in Texas it hasn't wreaked havoc, but I mean, California, no matter what they did, it just went nuts. Um, they're seeing cases drop. Texas and Florida have been more open uh, since the summer. Their cases continue to drop, even though they don't have mask mandates or anything like that. Uh, but no one can bring themselves to state the obvious. We'll see. Uh, in a few years, when we look back at this, we'll have a lot more answers. The deniers are going to be those who thought the lockdowns worked, not the people 
like myself, who are being called deniers now because we're actually looking at data and science. I don't know how they cornered the market on saying they're the party of science because it's proven now that they aren't. Um, it's, it's very well proven. I mean, you have scientists now saying, the head of the CDC said, oh yeah, we, you don't have the studies we see that you don't, you don't spread the virus. And then all these scientists come out and be like, uh, no, that, that's not been proven yet if you have the vaccine. We don't know. How do you not know, for one? It's not the whole point of a vaccine. I just hope that more and more people wake up, man. I'm really hoping. Um, but anywho, got Easter Sunday coming. There's hope, regardless of what's happening right now. And uh, I have to constantly remind myself that I'm called to live for a heavenly country. I'm called to live to turn people's eyes to the truth of the gospel, not the truth of the COVID science. all of you that have re-opted in, um, a much, a significantly fewer number of you, but I appreciate those loyal followers. Uh, my wife and I are going to be playing uh, music at our church on Easter Sunday for the first time, so that's exciting.